0: Barney Doyle sat at his cluttered workbench, attempting to fix Olaf Anderson's ancient power mower for the fourth time in seven years. He had the cylinder head off and was judging the propriety of pronouncing last rites on the machine. He expected the good fathers over at St. Catharines wouldn't approve. The head was cracked, which was why Olaf couldn't get it started, and the cylinder walls were almost paper thin from wear and a previous rebore. The best thing Anderson could do would be to invest in one of those Toro grass cutters with all the fancy bells and whistles, and put this old machine out to rust. Barney knew Olaf would raise Cain about having to buy a new one, but that was Olaf's lookout. Barney also knew getting a dime out of Anderson for making such a judgment would be close to a miracle. It would be to the benefit of all parties concerned if Barney could coax one last summer's labor from the nearly terminal machine. Barney absently took a sharpener to the blades while he pondered. He could take one more crack at it. An oversized cylinder ring might do the trick, and he could weld the small crack. He could get back most of the compression, but if he didn't pull it off, he'd lose both the time and the money spent on parts. No, he decided at last, better tell Anderson to make plans for a funeral. A hot, damp gust of wind rattled the half-open window. Barney absently pulled the sticky shirt away from his chest. Maggie McCorley, he thought suddenly, a smile coming to his lined face. She had been a vision of beauty in simple cotton, the taut fabric stretched across ripe, swaying hips and ample breasts as she walked home from school each day. For a moment he was struck by a rush of memory so vivid he felt an echo of lust rising in his old loins. Barney took out a handkerchief and wiped his brow. He savored the spring scents, the hot, muggy night smells, so much like those that blew through the orchards and across the fields of County Wexford. Barney thought of the night he and Maggie had fled from the dance from the crowded stuffy hall, slipping away unnoticed as the town celebrated Patty O'Shea and Mary McManus' wedding. The sultry memories caused Barney to dab again at his forehead as a stirring visited his groin. Chuckling to himself, Barney thought there's some life yet in this old boyo. Barney stayed lost in memories of half-forgotten passions for long minutes then discovered he was still running the sharpener over a blade on Anderson's mower and had brought the edge to a silvery gleam. He set the sharpener down, wondering what had come over him. He hadn't thought of Meggie McCorley since he'd emigrated to America back in 38. Last he'd heard, she'd married one of the Kamek lads over in Enniscorthy. He couldn't remember which one, and that made him feel sad. Barney caught a flicker of movement through the small window of his workshed. He put down the sharpener and went to peer out into the evening's fading light. Not making out what it was that had caught his attention, Barney moved back towards his workbench. Just as his field of vision left the window, he again glimpsed something from the corner of his eye. Barney opened the door to his workshed and took a single step outside. Then he stopped. Old images, half-remembered tales, and songs from his boyhood rushed forward to overwhelm him as he slowly stepped backward into his shed. Feelings of joy and terror, so beautiful they brought tears to his eyes, flowed through Barney, breaking past every rational barrier. The implements of society left for his ministrations, broken toasters, the mower, the blender with the burned-out motor, his little television for the baseball games. All were vanquished in an instant, as a heritage so ancient it predated man's society appeared just outside Barney's shed. Not taking his eyes from what he beheld beyond the door, he retreated slowly, half stumbling, until his back was against the workbench. Reaching up and back, Barney pulled a dusty bottle off the shelf. Twenty-two years before, when he had taken the pledge, Barney had placed the bottle of Jameson's whiskey atop the shelf as a reminder and a challenge. In twenty-two years he had come to ignore the presence of the bottle, had come to shut out its siren call, until it had become simply another feature of the little shed where he worked. Slowly he pulled the cork, breaking the brittle paper of the old federal tax stamp. Without moving his head, without taking his gaze from the door, Barney lifted the bottle to the side of his mouth and began to drink.